Let's go to the other side because there's been a lot of conversation here in the Detroit market. What does Michigan do with Juwan Howard? They're sitting there at the bottom of the Big Ten, a place that they haven't been dead last. It shocked me when I heard these numbers, but I want to say it was 1967 was the last time that they would finish last in the Big Ten in hoops. You would think with Brian Ellaby and then Tommy Amaker, and no, no, they never finished dead last like they're about to. He appears to be a man who knows that his job is safe. You don't see a sense of urgency. I mean, I'm not trying to be funny, but I saw more fire coming out of Juwan in a Wisconsin handshake line than I do playing your rivals at home where it's almost like, Juwan, are you high? Are you even listening to – he's saying, well, the crowd was great. Juwan, they were chanting, go green, go white. Right. When your point guard was on the line, they were chanting, do your homework. Right. Your crowd was not great, not for you. But he's like, oh, the crowd was great, and you know maybe it was the players. It just he's drawn up plays like at the final three minutes of the game. State basically was waiting for him them to foul to play the foul game, and they said, well, let's just bleed the clock, and they bled the clock. MSU didn't make a basket mm-hmm. until Tyson Walker got fouled. The score stayed the same. He didn't call timeouts. And then finally, with like 33 seconds left, he goes over to the whiteboard and draws up a play. And I'm thinking, Juwan, do you have an 11-point play that you're about to draw up? Because if so, you're wasting your talents in Michigan. You should be in the NBA. What What is Michigan supposed to do with this? Is Because it's eroding away. I can't even say it's a blip on the radar because you had two NBA lottery picks and Hunter Dickinson – and you didn't make the tournament last year. And now, you know, Kamwa broke his wrist. So any chance that you had of running the table in the Big Ten tournament is gone. You got a point guard who is the definition of half pregnant. He's half suspended. He only plays at home games, but not on the road. What do you do with this team? Because I don't even see a gigantic recruiting class coming in for him next year. And that last part is the one that shocks me because I figured he would be a guy with NBA ties, Fab Five ties, all that stuff that he would be able to get guys in. And it looked like early on that was the case. But, you know, 2021, which isn't that long ago, like they were a number one seed in the tournament. They were in the Elite Eight. They lost to the 11 seed UCLA. And it's been all downhill ever since. And like you said, they had Buffkin with Jet Howard, with Hunter Dickinson, couldn't make the tournament. You try to get Terrence Shannon in through the portal, doesn't happen. The following year, you try to get Caleb Love in for through the portal, doesn't happen. You know you have restrictions in terms of guys that you can get in. So I feel like that kind of caps what your portal recruiting looks like. So if you don't have high school recruits that you can build off of, it's going to be really hard to win there because it's just clearly it's hard to get guys in through the portal. Yeah. So it's just really curious to see what's going to happen there. And again, I think like I think Terrence Reed can be a good player for them. Um, but Doug McDaniel, like, will he even be able to go to Minneapolis for the tournament? Like, that's an end. No, no, no. I, I think his punishment is up tonight. Okay. Well, when they play Northwestern, that's the last away game, and then after that, he'll be able to play in those games. So. Yeah, because we were wondering, like, for the MSU game, technically it's a road game, but you could go to class that day, hop on the bus, 
and make it to campus. You know, it's right. only a 40 minute drive between the two places. But I, I look at this and I, I have no idea what's going on. I mean, he had the altercation with um, with the uh, strength and conditioning coach Sanderson, guy who's been there for a long time. Like they, Michigan won't really say what happened, but it sounded as if it was an argument that may or may not have gotten into a little bit of a shoving match. Um, you know, I think they had the built-in, you know, excuse of like when he had the heart thing, like, okay, maybe this is the time for you to set aside. But hell, for me, I questioned what the future was when they played Penn State at the Palestra. And he, it was a tip of the hat, but it was like, okay, Phil Martelli is going to be the coach. He's from that area. Okay. I look at that as like being an honorary captain. You can go out there for the coin flip and do all of that stuff. But late in the game, Juwan was on the outside of the huddle. Phil Martelli was coaching that team. The game was not out of hand. I, I want to say, like, I think Michigan was down by, like, four points. And I said, did did Juwan just do the one thing that every singer tells you never to do, and that's to give up the microphone? Mm-hmm. Because he just gave up the microphone to Phil Martelli. And at that point – I was like, I, I don't know, I don't know who this man is. I don't know what he's trying to do, but yeah, listening to his press conferences and he's just overly has glee and joy. And it's like, dude, your team is complete ass. They're horrible, and you just keep acting as if they you don't see what we all are seeing. To I said, I think he's coming back. Now people are like, man, you crazy, you trolling. So I'm like. He sounds like it's a lot like, I don't know how close you follow, but like Troy Weaver, the Pistons general manager here. Troy sounds like a man who he knows I, I'm not about to be fired. So I can admit to you that I made mistakes. And that's just Juwan right now. I don't I don't see Juwan walking away, and I don't see him being fired. I see Juwan, he's talking about next year. So to me, Ward Manuel comes out and was like, guys, what are you talking about? I haven't even thought about Juwan Howard not coming back next year. So from an outside perspective, what do you see? I thought the whole situation was weird from the jump. Obviously, I know he had the health issues, but, you know, they start out 3-0. and They win at St. John's. They look pretty good doing it. You know, Doug McDaniel looks great. Offense is humming. Then they go to Atlantis. Then he, Juwan, like, kind of comes back, but not really. He's on the bench during the game. He got tossed out the game, and he didn't coach. Right. Like, yeah, you're getting the tech at the half of a game that you're not coaching, but you're still there, and Martelli's still the guy, but, like, both of you were standing up, and both of you were, you know, calling stuff from the sideline. So I just thought all of that was weird to begin with. Then you start losing games you shouldn't to, like, Long Beach State. Then you get to January, the McDaniel suspension happens, and like you said, half pregnant, you know, only playing at home, not playing on the road. And it just seems like offensively, they don't really run a ton. Defensively, they don't really guard anybody. And I just, from what we've seen from John Beeline for years and years and years, to go from that to this has been, you know, pretty staggering. Um, And again, it was literally three years ago where they were a one seed, mostly with Beeline's players, but they were a one seed. And they were one shot away from making the Final Four again. And you go from that to last in the Big Ten in three years. I don't know how you fix it. 
I agree with you where it seemed like it could have just been a clean slate of, hey, you know, I'm having health concerns. I'll step away and, you know, we can give it to the next guy, whether that's Martelli or you hire from the outside. But it, the whole thing's been been really, really weird. And like you said, even the press conferences have been weird. Like he's they lose by 30 at Illinois and he's thanking the media for Terrence Shannon saying you're welcome because obviously they couldn't get him in in right. Harbor. So you want to go to Illinois instead. It's just kind of like. Why would you say something like that after you know losing by 30? So, yeah, the behavior has just been really weird throughout. Uh, like, I wish I had more insight to it than that. No, no, no. It's not, I just, look, I, I I like to get the outside perspective because it's like, oh, well, you know, you're just like bashing him. And it's like, I don't have to. I can just show you what he's doing. He just – right. I have no idea what this man is doing and what he's saying. Like, yeah, I mean, when I listen to his press conference – and uh, one of our writers uh, and I work with Mojo was even asking, like, hey, you know, have you thought about maybe stepping down? He was like, hey, those are your words. You don't know my story. And it's like, this guy ain't going nowhere. Mm-hmm. But when he sat there and said, well, you know, we had a great crowd. And I was like, Juwan, that was an embarrassing. If I'm in Chrysler, that's an embarrassing crowd. Yep. I mean, this, I, I couldn't imagine, uh, you know, being at the Breslin Center and hearing, you know, the entire crowd chanting boiler up or chanting out ILL, I-N-I, like it was loud. Right. You heard it through the TV so much so that when uh, Holloman, I think it was Holloman went for a three-point shot and Jimmy Jackson was like, man, if they hit this shot, the roof was going to blow off. And then they was like, wait a minute, who's the home team here? Right. Like that's how bad it was. So I, I, I don't know. So yeah, I just, even Malik Hall commented on that and said, like, yeah, you definitely heard you know, green, go green, go white chance throughout. And you heard some of the go blues, but, you know, they didn't really hit the same. You know, they had to say that, but it clearly wasn't the same kind of volume. So you're hearing that from the players themselves, too. Oh, yeah. At the end of the game, they they chant, they, they AJ is going like this to the crowd, like get up and they. But at that point, the Michigan fans had already left. So, yeah, I just I just wanted to get your opinion on that, talking about the back end of the conference and and, and Juwan Howard, because that's just – hell, that, that one's just strange. So, But, hey, right now it looks like six teams. I mean, Iowa could be teetering, maybe being that seventh team to get a spot. I think the win against Michigan State will help them out. They would probably need to win at least – two maybe three games in the big 10 tournament i think for them to to solidify a spot but looks like it's going to be six going into the tournament which is a down year for the big 10 man we we got a lot to talk about over the next four weeks harold so if you got time man let's do this again same bat time same bat channel yeah definitely definitely. for that reference (laughs) (laughs) no i know about it i know about it but uh yeah i I think iowa Rutgers are probably the two teams if there's someone to try to break into that six, like I think it's between those two. Like you said, Iowa still got Illinois twice. Right. They got a chance to stack up some more wins, some more quiet ones, see what happens there. And then Rutgers been totally different team ever since Jeremiah Williams came back, won four out of five. So they keep that right. Rutgers is is politics and reputation. Rutgers is not a powerhouse team, so they won't get the benefit of the doubt. Whereas Iowa's like, okay, we know Iowa and they've had players before, but yeah. Now Rutgers next year, that's going to be a whole different story. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about them at the top of the show rather than the bottom of the show. Exactly. Harold, appreciate your time, man. 
We'll be back next week to talk some more Big Ten hoops. But until then, keep liking, subscribing, and telling your friends about the Five Star Zone. For Hell Sheldon, I'm Rico Beard. See you guys next week.